Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org.
There's another in the fire. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. What an awesome story of the great glory of our God. Mm. Whew, praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, there you are. Praise God. How's everybody doing? Victorious? Amen. The battle may rage, but we are victorious. Let me switch mics. Got me, Daniel? I'm on? Yes, I'm on. Praise God. Okay. Well, we've been having some wonderful testimonial things happening. Wow. Is Becky and Adrian here? Not here. There's Adrian. I heard that Becky was down. Um, my mom's got these group of men at Trails End. Pray for me. Would you please just pray for me? She hangs out with these guys at Trails Yeah, they say they're fishermen. I don't know. But apparently Becky was there yesterday witnessing to them. They told mom this morning for like an hour. And they said, I guess we got to come to the tent, huh? <laughs> That's what they told mom. So, hey. Come on, you guys are out and about everywhere. Some really awesome testimonies of what God's doing out and about. But the battle does rage, so don't, don't be surprised by some of the pushback that's happening or can happen. It just uh, goes with the territory and just uh, praise God. So I thank the Lord for victory over all that stuff. So tonight, let me uh, quickly... You gonna move me around? Okay, praise God. <laughs> It must be better, right? Thank you for Daniel. Oh, my goodness, these guys. Yeah. So we met, um, Daniel and I met with uh, Parker Green and, and Shane today. And, man, things are just going really well. I think, I think the latest post I saw, there were there have been 352 or 72 baptisms since this, this whole thing started. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and so the other thing, pray for us. Um, Friday night, um, you guys probably know, um, yeah, Brian Starley is one of the interns. That, well, actually, he's one of his uh, evangelists that Randy has out. He's been here. Brian and his wife Camden have been here with uh, William Wood and his wife Chantel. Well, anyway, a prophetic word came out that um, maybe you should have Randy Clark pray for you, you know, if you kind of think about, I was on that first mission trip, I think, to Brazil with him, and then the nation of Brazil is still on fire, and uh, that's really Randy's nation, Um, and of course, you know about Toronto that happened in 94 when Randy went there, so anyway, the word was, maybe you ought to have Randy pray for you guys, so we're all going up to the Signs and Wonders conference June 6th, 7th, 8th. I'll be up there for a couple of nights. But I, I promised Mary Esther I would be back for June 8th. So a couple of changes. Um, we're gonna, we made this announcement Sunday. Mary Esther's gonna uh, share on quantum worship on June 8th. So we're gonna go tonight, and then we need one more uh, Wednesday night in the ministry team. We're gonna cover the prophetic next week. What's the prophetic protocol? And then, in, I hope you like this, we're gonna take from June, what is that, the 15th, about four, three or four Wednesdays, June into part, first week in July, and we're gonna unpack deliverance. I'm gonna go into deliverance with y'all in a way that, because based on what we're hap- what's happening every Friday night, they are coming. And we've been doing ministry and prayer ministries and deliverances, and, and uh, we've also been seeing a lot more activity uh, during the week here. So uh, I just feel like we're supposed to equip you. So. 
Next week, we'll finish up the prophetic protocol, which is the last module in your Wirebound book. We're gonna skip the deliverance piece, and I'm gonna go into great detail for about four Wednesday nights, starting in uh, after Mary Esther teaches on the 8th, so that'll be, we'll pick up on June 15th, and we'll take those three Wednesday nights, and we're gonna dig into it. So, awesome. so just, uh, I just feel like we're being equipped in such a way that um, there's something coming. There's a big wave coming. There's just a big wave coming. I, I, just, I don't know how to tell you it anyway. And so my role is to, let me ask this question. Um, somebody explain to me, what is the five-fold ministry? Yeah, name the five-folds of, of the ministry. Apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and evangelist. Where do I find that scripture that talks about the fivefold? Ephesians 4.12, right? 4.11, 4.12. And what, is it, what does it say? It says that the fivefold ministry equips the saints. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a saint. Some of you didn't give me, like, you really are? Yeah, okay, yeah. You need to be delivered from your pride. No, you really are a saint. And so... The, the five-fold ministers are to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So when you look at the five-fold ministry, and we shared this a while back, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, we hear how the Holy Spirit releases gifts. And what are the nine gifts that are listed there from the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 12. No, that's fruit. That's the fruit, you're right, that's good. But what is the gifts of the Spirit? I think I'm hearing it, okay. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12. <laughs> Wisdom, knowledge, discernment, faith, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, right? But that's what you said, okay, great. I, no lying in church, remember, anywhere. But 1 Corinthians 12, it lists the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I like how the King James presents this. I'm just doing a quick review so you have a, an anchor point. But in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, right? I want you to know about gifting. So King James says, 1 Corinthians 12, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I want you to know what the Gentiles, don't be like they were, carried away, worshiping idols, etc." Then it says, look at verse four. Now there are diversity of gifts, some of your translations, different kinds of spiritual gifts, New Living Translation says, but it's the same spirit. So I want you to see the Godhead the, the three-in-one persons of God, they have equipping and releasing of gifts in a different fashion. So look at 1 Corinthians 12. It says, this diversity of gifts, which he's about to list, comes from the Holy Spirit. And then he lists them, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, faith, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. But look at the next verse. Verse five, King James says, but there are differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord. So the Lord himself, so he talks about Holy Spirit is the giver of those gifts. The Lord gives administrations. So I've covered this before with you, but so Global River Church is an administration, right, that operates. The Holy Spirit releases gifts within the body. That's y'all. You're out evangelizing. You're helping. You're doing house of mercy. You've got compassion gifts. You're teaching, right? So the Holy Spirit has released gifts in the body, and 
the Lord has released an administration. So how do we do? We administrate. And those administrations are what are listed in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, which it says, the Lord, remember it says first, he descended, but before he descended, he ascended, first he descended to the lower parts and he gave gifts unto men, right? And then he lists them, those five-fold ministry gifts. So the administration, the Lord has an idea that this administration of this body and what we're doing right now, through the work of the saints, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's the Father, look at the next verse, it's the Father, King James says it this way, and there are diversity of operations but it is the same God who works in all of them. So the Father says, I'm gonna have a Global River Church. I'm gonna have a First Fruits Ministry. I'm gonna have a Global Awakening Ministry. I'm gonna have a Global Legacy. So he releases an operation. He needs in, he's the great master of all this stuff. He says, I need an operation that does this. Is a trafficking issue? I'll raise up a trafficking ministry, right? And then we'll disciple them, we'll bring them to the administrators in Global River or somewhere else, and we will we'll equip them through the working of the Spirit that gives you the gifts to operate in. That's how the Godhead works this. So when we look at the fivefold ministry and the equipping, what we're doing here is you are now being equipped because there's a wave coming. And God is gonna be really, really amazing, fun, challenging, and all of that, it already is, but praise God. So I wanted you to see that those gifts that are listed there you want to pray into them. Now, of course, Romans talks of more, and Corinthians and other places, there's the gift of helps, compassion, giving. Some of you, there's, there are ministers of giving that have released funds and equipping to allow ministries to go on. When I look at some of the wild things that have happened here, um, years ago, one of my prayer partners said, Pastor, the the Lord told me in the shower today that you're to go build, we had trailers. We had, I think, nine years of General Electric trailers. My wall was rotted to the point you could push a finger through the wall. Seriously, I'm not lying. The smell of mold, I'm like, we could have bought those trailers about nine times over, right, Chester? <laughs> it's like, and so one day this prayer partner said, the Lord just told me you're not to borrow any money and you go to build an administration building and you're to build a school building. I said, that's what he told you. Yep, that's what he told you. So we had a contract actually to go get all sorts of funding and make you get pledges. And the Lord said, You're not to do that and you're not to borrow any money. I said, Okay. The rest is history. I'll make a long story short. When we started down that, we contracted with NRL builders and we started $800,000 to just equip the land with all the ponds and drains and impervious, all the EPA, boom, it was like 800,000, we haven't even got a stick in the ground, right? And like, okay, and then we had this contract that says, as you build this building, I went met with the NRL builders, Mr. Ned, his name was, I said, when the money comes in, we will lay the foundation, and if there's no more money, then we will sit there until the money comes in, because the Lord said, don't borrow the money, and so, Do you know, for the next, I don't know, close to two years by the time we built everything, we never borrowed one cent, we have no mortgage on that property, and every time we'd get to a place where, Lord, there is a progress payment that's due. I remember going to to Tanzania with 30 of y'all, and 
we needed $120,000 for mission money to get there, and we had a progress payment due, and I'm like, God, this, we don't have that, any money. This is like, people are diverting their tithes to go on missions, and like, Lord, yeah. I landed in Tanzania, and I got a call. We needed $125,000 like in a couple of days to keep the, the trades moving, and I got this call that says, are you sitting down? I said, uh-oh. She got, my bookkeeper called and said, you just, we just got a $250,000 anonymous check. Do you know that God, we never missed another progress payment and everything was paid for? What's the point? When the father says, I'm gonna have an operation and I'm gonna set it up and administrate it and I'm gonna bring people from everywhere and they're gonna be equipped in the spirit to do the works of ministry because he's got a big plan. So we just gotta... I know that was a long rabbit trail, but I just want you to see that, that it, we can trust the Lord in the midst of it and there's really good stuff happening, right? Okay, quick review. Tell me the four steps of the salvation model. Step number one, interview, yay! So it's just, remember, so what's up, right? What are you, what are you doing? What, what, how, how can I pray for you? How, how are you feeling? Have you born again? Just, feel, okay, step number two. Confession and repentance. Once he said, so you're here, would you like to receive Jesus? If they say no, get out of my face. Okay, praise God, I'm just planting a seed. Bless you, release. They said, well, what do you mean? Or, yeah, I think so. Or, um, I was raised in, in religion. Um, yeah, and I didn't ask you that. Do, do you, have, you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you, do you pray? So that's part of the interviewing process. You're gathering information so you know where to take it. And then when they say, yes, I'm, I'm willing to pray for that. I'm willing to accept Christ. Then it's that place of repentance, confession. And then what? Then Commit, right? Surrender. I've now repented. Lord, here I am. Take all of me. That's that place of, I had such a wonderful time yesterday. I want to be careful because... Um, a person who's been doing work in my house that we were building, he's been an electrician, just a great guy. And, and uh, yesterday, um, we had an amazing prayer ministry. We broke for a moment, I took this phone call, and um, I asked this person about two weeks ago, I might have shared with you that, I said to him, I said, he said, I'm pretty much an atheist. I said, well, would you like to know, this is my interview with him, I've wor- I'm working with him, would you like to know if God's real? And he goes, well, I said, if he's not real, it's no big deal, right? No big sweat, just, you know. But if he is real, it'd be really good to know before you meet him, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. I said, so just pray this. If you're real, show me. Uh-huh. So, he, so yesterday he calls me back. I said, so uh, you've been praying? He goes, yeah, I have been. I said, how's that going? He goes, yeah. I said, uh, well, when you're ready to receive Christ, I'd really like to. He says, let's set it up. Right, and so, so that that's been about eight months of planting seeds. You know, he's just kind of watching. He, he would be in the house wiring. He fell off the ladder, and there was a lot of uh, not nice words and all. And, and then he apologized. Said, you know, I'm sorry. I said all that. I said, yeah, we got to clean the house out. We don't let anything in that house here. So the Lord, I want you to see. You set the interview to go where you you're at in that location. Be adjusting. Be open. It's and just be natural. Be yourself. Right. Doug is the one, you, you want to receive Christ? I sure do, yes. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you, you can use what you have, right? Yeah. 
All right. Like Katie can fly underneath the, the, the radar. It's like, she's like, she just, she just comes out sometimes with, what did she just say? <laughs> and like, yay. And she gets, she just cuts right in there. Okay. What's the last step is commitment and surrender. And then we always finish with fill the house, right? Fill the Holy Spirit. Fill with Holy Spirit. And not all models will tell you that. So, that's a, a very important piece that we want to, okay. So I want to ask Terry to come up. We're going to touch on the healing model tonight. I've been with this guy, I don't know how, many, how many mission trips, Terry? 17. 17, is that all? Okay. Um, and I've seen miracles through the hands of this guy. So tell us a couple of those. Well, thank, the Lord has given me the ability to go to the mission trips. <laughs> I can remember Tom, uh, he, Tom went on the first one with Randy Clark to Brazil. And we, we had a lunch. I said, Tom, maybe I want you to tell me about the healings. Because I'd never seen a healing. You know, I've been in church all my life and never seen anyone healed. So Pastor Tom and I went to eat, and he told me about this lady who had her foot like this, and she just kind of drug it. And he prayed. But it didn't go all the way. But it did go a little bit better. <laughs> she was able to walk a little better. And, and he said, well, I don't know why she didn't get totally healed. But the next day, he saw her again. And, and it went <laughs> and straightened up. Isn't that something? <laughs> well, I want to tell a little bit about my experiences. We were at a soccer stadium in Brazil. And Tom was preaching. He was up on the podium, and, and he said, all the people who want to pray for healing go this way. So I went with them at 6.30. Well, the church started at 7. I was in that field for four and a half hours, 12 o'clock, midnight, and I was praying for people like Jesus does. Walk. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> Be healed. <laughs> you know, I, I prayed those kinds of prayers, and I'm telling... I have, in my experience, I've been to six times to Brazil. Seventy percent were healed. I, we are not, I feel that same spirit right here. The, 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 the closer we get to a revival, I really feel the same spirit. And the first time I felt it, I mean, I don't feel much anything, but man, <laughs> I had such power. And one guy, a little kid came to me. And he had Coke bottle glasses. His mother was right behind him. And I had a line of 70 people, 50 to 70, somewhere along there. They were waiting on me to pray for them. So there, you know, wasn't many healer, healing guys. So I just said, I had an interpreter, and he was 13 years old. And, and he told he could speak very good English. And he could speak uh, Portuguese. And uh, this boy had Coke bottle glasses. Have you ever seen those? Glasses where you can't see out straight, but he had peripheral vision. His mother said he's legally blind, but when he turns his head, he can see something like that. So he came up to him, and, I, and, and I, after she explained that to me, I said, uh, would you like to be healed? He said, yeah. So I said, and I, I said, really quick, heal him in Jesus' name. And he says, it's blurry. I can see, but it's all blurry. He had, his, he had his glasses on. Wow. 
I said, take your Coke bottle glasses off. He looked, I said, about as far as that exit sign is right there, it says Salida, which is it's, it's Portuguese for exit. He read the sign, and uh, he could see. Perfect. So he sat down, he sat down by the tree, and the tree had a, a seat around it. Have you seen those seats they build around trees? And he was going like this. <laughs> His mother, in a second, says, it's my turn. She had been waiting in line for a long time. And I don't even remember what she was, 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 uh, doing, what was prayed for about, but she had something I prayed for, and I, I can't even remember. But like I said, I, I figured out about 70% were healed. That's a high number. Then when you get back to America, you know, we get 10 people around one person. <laughs> we don't need to do that. I'm telling you, God will heal people. And the last one I'm going to talk about, I was on the, in the soccer stadium from 6.30 to 12 o'clock, and, and I was standing up the whole way, and I had a cold. I mean, I was snotting and wiping. Wipe <laughs> I needed healing. I was praying for healing. Well, finally, a, a nice lady from Brazil came up with a handful of napkins and says, here, she forced them in my hand. So I would pray for people. And uh, one lady got up to me, and I prayed for her, and she was healed. I don't know what it was. But I was so tired at midnight, I just sat on that stock, uh, soccer stadium. I sat on the, on the bleachers, and they were concrete bleachers, and they were hot still at, seven, at 12 o'clock. And as I sat there, a guy came up to me, and he said, I want to be filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. I said, what? <laughs> now, I'm not sure I believe that <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Remember, I was, I was raised in Nazarene. My dad's a Nazarene pastor. And uh, there, there's a, he was surprised when he went, somebody was healed in the hospital. He was surprised. <laughs> so I, I, I said, oh, okay. So I, I, I did this, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the Holy Spirit to come. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Because I would read that scripture that says, if you want the Holy Spirit, you ask for it, and you get it. Now, you might not feel any different. He did, and he, uh, he, he said, man, I feel good now. She started speaking in tongues. And I said to my interpreter, is that Portuguese? <laughs> and she was crying and this was a woman uh, interpreter there I had two interpreters and she, she was crying and she said no I won't do it and, uh, and so I asked her some questions after he left and she was living with this boyfriend I said well don't you feel better about getting married wouldn't you feel better we can't afford to get married they didn't have any money so I had some money in my pocket. So I pulled out the money and I gave it to her. I said, go get married. She started crying again. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. I'm telling you, the mission trips, uh, I've been on I've been on 17 of them. I counted them out. I've been to Tanzania twice. I've been to Mozambique twice. I've been to Brazil six times. And, and, and all, it adds up to 17. And uh, I go because God meets me there. 
and uh, he helps me to pray for healing. And Thank you. You don't always feel it. <laughs> yeah, and some of the, some of the, am I on? Yeah, am I on? Yes, praise God, I'm on. Some of the questions we always had when we came back from our mission trips is, why are we seeing so much overseas but we're not seeing a lot here? Now we're starting to see them here, right? Nick, you had a testimony of a healing, was it last week? Yesterday? Come share it, okay? I didn't have a chance Sunday, we had so much going on, but, um, and Nick's been on how many mission trips? You were on Brazil trips and, yeah, so praise God. So, so what happened? So we were at a, at a ministry event, and um, this guy, he was a worship leader at another place, uh, um, and he was talking to Jonathan Blanchard, and, and he was rubbing his shoulder. I was like, oh, what's going on? He's like, yeah, dislocated or something real bad. Where his shoulder was like not normal. It was like disconnected. It wasn't, didn't look normal. And I was like, well, let's pray. He's like, yeah, go for it. And so prayed. And then uh, he starts moving it, and he's, like, doing all this stuff. Cause, and, it, and I was like, how is it? He's like, I can't find the pain. And, like, he's like, he's Don't like, look yeah. For it, yeah. And he was just like, and he texted me the next day. He's like, this is tripping me out because I still can't find the pain. Like, and and, <laughs> he's and then I felt the anointing, like, shift to Jonathan. I was like, Jonathan, do you have a word for him? He goes, as a matter of fact, I do. It just can't. And uh, Jonathan saw an alarm clock, and the guy had been sleeping through his alarm and missing all these meetings and like he was getting some correction going hey you what's you're not being responsible he's like this never happened to me in my life you saw bought an alarm clock today one of the ones or yesterday that you have to hit to shut off the old school ones (laughs) yeah and they end up falling on the floor just weeping so it's just yeah powerful powerful yeah 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 god's doing it here all over just yeah 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 yeah. so So as we analyze this about, you know, what holds back, we, we've heard this before, but I think it's the, if we're so self-sufficient, the first thing that you think about when you've got something going on in your body or whatever is, I need to go to the doctor or I need to take this medicine or that, that's probably the wrong thinking. So we ought to get our place where we, we run to him first. He's the healer, Jehovah Rapha, right? And so we also have found out when there's an alignment so here's what I've learned, um, and I won't share a lot of our healing stories right now, but um, the one miracle that I had that was such, we all had many, we were in uh, Tanzania and we had all these amazing um, miracles that broke out next to the, the, the Muslim mosque. And uh, I thought for sure we had stepped into a major a healing anointing miracles, and, but I found out that when you come under an apostolic covering, so there, remember I just told you, there's an operation that the Father sets up, and then he has an administration there, and then he brings in the gifted ones who are part of the saints who do the works of the ministry. So when he sets up an operation in Tanzania, Leif Hedlund had spent years sowing into hundreds of churches there. So Leif is an apostolic leader, global awareness, and he connected with apostolic leaders that are in part of the operation of churches, different denominations in Tanzania. And they invite him to come. So now you've got an alignment with an apostolic leader in an operation that's set over nations. And then we come as volunteers carrying the gifts of the Spirit. And when you come under that alignment and you're sent out in the Great Commission and you're doing what God told you to do, 
he releases favor over it. So when there's an alignment, that's why Lone Rangers don't do as well. When you come into an, an alignment with the operations, the, the administration of that process, you're gonna, and, and they're aligned properly. The ministry is in alignment. There's no secret stuff and sin going on. There's something powerful that comes in that alignment. But we also know that self-sufficiency or a lack of faith, what, what are you, what's your idol? What are you trusting in, doctors, medicine, what, or are you trusting in him? Now, we're not Christian scientists that says, well, we'll never take anything. No, because all good gifts do come from him. But there's the, who are you gonna ask first? If you, ask, if you lack wisdom, why do you say? Ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Lord. Okay, so I wanna shift the salvation model. We're gonna see more and more of what we call power evangelism. It's that example the first night on the Friday night where a person comes, gets healed, and then saved, healed, delivered, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So power evangelism is when the power of the Lord comes, you gotta, you gotta make a choice. When you see a miracle, you have to make a choice. The story of the Brazil, remember the, I told you this one before, when the lady walked in, I was preparing to do the first deliverances that we were gonna do, and I had to train up 250 Brazilians before 20,000 people came to the soccer stadium at the end of the week. And so we're doing this training on equipping and how you do ministry, and at the end of the ministry, in walks a totally blind woman being helped by her husband, who had heard that if she came to the church, she lived a couple of blocks from the church, Somehow she heard that there was a white guy here training, and if I would come to there and he would lay hands on me, I would no longer be blind. So she shuffles in, I found out to be her husband. You can tell she's totally blind. And she shuffles in, and I'm on the podium finishing up about six hours with translation, and I'm pretty done. <laughs> and, and this woman is not church broke, because she doesn't know she's interrupting the service. And she walks in, and my translator gets off uh, Avamil, it talks to her and says, she said, if you pray for her, her blindness will go. I gotta tell you, I'm like, oh great, N no pressure. <laughs> like, everybody wants to know, so why is she here, Pastor? <laughs> so I said, Abimel, tell everybody that she's here because she believes that we can pray for her and she won't be blind. So they come up on the stage, her husband looked like very old, let's just put it that way. And she was rather old herself. And I said, well, translate this. Now, Avramil had been a missionary to Mozambique with the assemblies. And he said he'd never seen a miracle, which is amazing. And so I said, Avramil, so I said, Lord, this is, you gotta do this. I remember saying things like, Lord, I just laid my hands on her, on her eyes and I said, Lord, you said, the blind would see, the lame would walk, the deaf would hear, and the dead would be raised. In the name of Jesus, open her eyes. When I took her hand away, she could see. And I mean, the place, now think about what God did. We had just spent six hours, we're getting ready, I'm getting zapped, yeah, I like that. We had just spent six hours preparing 250 Holy Spirit bouncers for what was gonna take place in a soccer stadium at the end of the week that when someone manifests or is a demonic presence going on, you don't beat them up, you don't pull their hair, you don't pour water on them, you don't pray in tongues. You just calm them down, speak peace, and bring them to the tent. And that we were training them to equip them in that. And so what did God do? He put the icing on the cake. Yes. I mean, it's like, and I'm, t but I'm, whew. anyway, so when, when she could see, 
Here's the point. Avimel, my translator, goes crazy because he's standing there and he watches the eyes open. The white goes to brown. And it's like, and then she does this to her, now her husband. Hadn't been able to see for seven years. And he's like this. No, nothing. And, and like, Brazilians are usually pretty active, you know, in their emotions. And so, so Avimel's jumping all over the place. There are miracles breaking out. At that point, there's words of knowledge. I think it was Phil Walls says he went over and prayed for somebody else who had partial blindness. They get healed. I mean, there are miracles breaking out all over the place, and everybody leaves. They're like, God's with us. Yeah, let's go to the soccer thing. So it's like, yay. So when I get all calmed down, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> faith, yeah, just calm down. Okay, yes, sir. And so then I see the guy, and I turn to him, and I said, um, this is your wife. I translate this. Is this your wife? Yes, wife. Um, did you just see what happened to her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, um, is, that's, that's good, right? He goes, hmm, hmm, hmm. I said, okay, now I'm getting annoyed. So I'm like, at least you ought to be happy that she can now do your laundry and cook your meals for you. <laughs> tell him that. And now tell him this. You're so old, something like this, I wasn't very polite. You're so old, you could be walking home and drop dead at this moment, and then where are you going to be? Are you born again? No. I said, do you want to be? No. I said, so you don't care if you die? Hmm. Are you ready to receive Christ? Hmm. So this wasn't a great interview. <laughs> wasn't a very pastoral interview, right? But, it, but what I say, you just saw a miracle. You... you you, you can't not, there's a God, yeah, right? And so, so he goes, hmm. So Avimel leads him to the Lord. They turn, and they walk out of the church. And I'm like, wow, God. <laughs> like, yeah. But we left that place. There were miracles broke. So it was such a setup by God that, um, and there were miracles that whole that whole weekend was just like incredible. So I want us to see power evangelism, when the miracle shows, there's a great opportunity. So, and they don't have to be saved. That's the case we saw the first Friday night here, is right? So this idea, well, they gotta be saved. Let the Holy Spirit lead you, right? And how you're being led, and so, okay. So let's look at, yes. Wait, let me give you this on live stream. There's a lot of things that lined up that I'm just wondering, I'm questioning. My son has surgery tomorrow at 1045, the exact injury that he was talking about, and it was because of soccer, and now I'm interrupting you just like that lady that you were trying to do. So I don't know, does that happen? Nick, come on up here. Let's let's have Nick, who just had this, let's let's come into agreement. What's your son's name again? Tyler. Tyler. All right, so Neil, uh, Nick, just lay hands on us. The right, that shoulder? Yeah. Okay. And it, Mary Esther. Somebody else has a right shoulder? Are there any shoulder issues in the house? Okay. Stand up and just let's believe the Lord for it right now. Because what happens is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So faith is in the room, and we have a real need. Molly's son's got a real need. Tyler's got a real need. So, Lord, we speak to the shoulder issues in the room. Any joints, anything that's happening, Lord, we thank you that you've released faith in the room, that you can do creative miracles, you can repair tissues, you can repair 
rotator cuffs in the name of Jesus. So we just stand in the gap right now for Tyler and everyone else here, anyone listening by live stream. And Lord, we ask you to activate faith and release an anointing that brings healing. And we thank you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Try it out. Check it out. Just check it out. Check it out. Now go home. Molly, go home and lay hands on Tyler. Say it. Yeah, just like, okay, Tyler, let's be a great story to go and say, well, there's nothing wrong. It's kind of what you heard last week from Doug, right? When Lisa Henry gets prayer for the uh, carcinoma, that's the, the tumor that's on her kidney. And when the first technician can't find it, and then the second technician, the higher up can't find it. Then the doctor comes in and says, well, it's not there. So what do we, what do, we do with that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. So thank you for interrupting. That's good. Let's take a look at the, turn with me, if you will, to the healing module on page 7, module 7, page 18. Let's see. Is that right? Yeah, page 18. Let's go there. So, since we covered the healing module last week, remember page 18. There's the five steps. What's the first one? Interview. Interview. There's a pattern here. So what's going on? What's happening to you? Then the diagnoses. Are we going to have a prayer that is a command prayer or a petition prayer? Petition, remember, Jesus is the healer. So in that condition, it's, Lord, we ask you to heal Tyler's shoulder. We're standing in a gap being a connection between heaven and earth that you'll manifest right now. So would you release the anointing for that to happen? That's a petition prayer. When you find out, no, the devil did this and I was cursed and I got this. Oh, now we're in a command prayer. In the name of Jesus, you're coming out. Now you're operating as an authoritative one from Jesus' place as a commissioned one to tell that devil enough. Because 1 John 3, 8 says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and then John 14, 12 says, now greater work shall you do. Because I go to the Father and I've been given full power and authority. Now go. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Mark 16, right? So when you put the pieces together, recognizing what tool am I going to, what part of the toolbox am I going to use right now? Am I going to petition to ask the Lord to do this? Or am I going to command the darkness to go? Because I've been given that authority. I'm an emissary of the, of the Lord. And so once you've figured that out, then you make the selection of the ministry, and then you com- go into the ministry, and then you complete the ministry. That's the step. So what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to break out in twos, and we're going to do two scenarios. I'd like you to, the first time, one of you will pray, and I'd like you to make this assumption that the one you're praying for, your partner number one, they've had a knee injury and years of joint pain. Let's assume the left knee has had years of joint pain. And right now, when you ask them, well, in a scale of one to 10, pain being 10, the worst, you have a pain level of eight right now. It's been bothering me all day long and it frequently bothers me. I'd like you to pray three times. And each time you pray, your partner's gonna say, well, it's, yeah, it's probably about a six now. Yeah. And it's about a five. And then last time you pray, it gets to a one. It's not completely gone, and you could continue praying, because when you're seeing that kind of a pattern, you might want to continue praying. But for the sake of time, the person's going to leave it where they're not completely healed, but it's so much better. 
right? I think it was Jennifer. Is Jennifer here tonight, Jennifer Batson? Jennifer shared this morning in prayer. Sunday morning is another healing anointing. She had, she came in with a, she did something to her arm during the week, and she says he went very, very high levels of pain. I don't know who prayed for her. Praise the Lord God, somebody. Ah. Oh, good. Praise God. Well, what, she said it left completely. I mean, so radically gone. So, so, but the reason I'm doing this, I want you to get to, sometimes they'll get to the place where they're better, but they're not complete. So you want to leave them with, so what do you do with that? You don't want to keep looking for the pain to return. Remember the story last week from Marlene's friend? Finding the doctor who's going to tell you I still have cancer when they can't find it, so why are you doing this? Right? So, so you want to encourage the person, keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking. Don't celebrate the fact that the pain level went to one and give God the glory and keep asking for more and keep saying. And so, so and then the second one, I'd like you to switch and I'd like you to pray an emotional healing. The partner that you're now praying for, there's been a broken heart. A family member got so offended by the witness of them witnessing to them, they no longer really want anything to do with them. And it's so awkward at family gatherings and there's this wall of offense which we know is spiritual. But she, this person is suffering from a broken heart. So how do you pray for that? So when you do the diagnosis, the interview is, yeah, my family member just loved me, it's terrible, I, I'm trying to be a witness and now they won't even talk to me and my heart's so broken and so awkward at our meetings and our family gatherings and there's not, you really can't force another person in that overcoming the spirit of offense. You can pray against it, but you can encourage the person for strength to be able to, and it's amazing that you're witnessing and you're being persecuted right now for what you're doing. That's a good thing. So I want to just encourage you to be strengthened in this and not give up the fight. and Don't let the enemy break your heart. So there's an emotional healing. See, I want you to get to the point, what ministry in the interview what ministry selection? Am I doing a command? Am I doing a petition? Am I being a compassion? So this is short. It should only take about five minutes on each one. So let's break out now in twos. First person being prayed for, you've got a pain in your left knee. You've had it for years. And then the second one is for a broken heart of emotion. People getting healed. I like it. <clears throat> Kind of wave at me if you're done being healed. Bruce got healed, praise God. <laughs> okay, come on, start to finish up. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. I don't want to rush the healing, but you know. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So now everybody's healed, right? All the knees are healed and all your emotions are all healed and yay. Praise God, all right. Um, there's, uh, there's other miracles that have, that have uh, I'm, I'm just here, I wanna, I'll quickly summarize these, but Buck had an issue with a knee injury or knee pain, a great deal of it, and Chris, Fallon, uh, Chris Challen prayed for him, I think a lot, several did, but there were several hours of prayer, because I remember that night, where are you, and he wasn't in the tent photographing. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but 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 it was worth it. Yeah. So Chris is praying for him. So, and it was almost all gone, and then you went home, continued to believe and pray, and the next morning it's been gone. And the pain increased every day, but he told me 
Amen. It's a real, because most of the time in the natural, remember we, we walk by faith and not by sight. I love what Bill Johnson says, don't pray what you see, pray what you want to see. So I don't want to see this, praise the Lord. I don't want to see this, praise the Lord, right? And so what is that? What You're bombarding heaven in faith and saying, look, I'm making a deck, and it is so not the natural, right? So that is just a powerful testimony. Okay, and then Marlene, where's Marlene? She was here a minute ago. Marlene was a notary, and uh, she got, went to a, uh, this woman's house to be a notary, and... Uh, why are there drugs on the floor here? <laughs> Rebuke that. <laughs> it's a mint, I'm told. But anyway, okay. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, Marlene was, um, Marlene was a notary. She goes to a lady's house, and she was always on a mission. The woman is telling things about diabetes, da-da-da. And so Marlene says, would you like me to pray for you now that we finished the notarizing stuff? And Marlene, just to be kind as a child of God, lays, didn't tell her that the woman was partially deaf. Was completely deaf or partially deaf? She told me she was deaf, she couldn't hear. She was reading my lips the whole time. Lays hands on her ears, not knowing that, prays for the other conditions, and then, boom, her eyeballs get really wide, and she can hear. And so, so you think you're on a mission to do notary, God's got another plan. I used to, uh, my, my friend David Archibald is in heaven now. Many of our friends, David is in heaven. He used to do that all the time on his travels. It was like, I know I'm going to try to sell this thing, but you know what, that's not as important as praying for people. So that's the commission that we're on. Okay, there is a lot of uh, information in modules nine and 10 about what are the hindrances to healing, what are uh, some of the specific ways you can pray for healing. So take the time. We've talked on the model. The reason I go through the exercise, I know it's a little hokey, but you want to get to the position where you get comfortable running the model. Because it doesn't have to be fancy. You just, Lord, I need you to come. And when he does, and the people, it's so powerful when it happens. So it's so good. So just take take a look at module nine, those, and and 10 as well. But I'd like to look at eight. So let's turn to page eight one about words of knowledge. We had a testimony Sunday of several of the, uh, you're going out on Thursdays, right? When you're going out Thursday in the evangelism training, we met today with Parker and, and Shane, and, uh, and they said, I think there were like 30, they said had gone out last Thursday, so different teams, and I think it was Jennifer shared, you had your first word of knowledge on the beach. Didn't that's what it was. Yeah, didn't, isn't that great? The, I don't even know that that's what it was, but that's what it was, and you know, started speaking about, about the person. You, yeah, praise God. So, so let, me, let me set some boundaries for you on this. Well, Pat, this is not witchcraft. You're not a psychic. You know, when you, start, when you go up to somebody and say, hey, is this condition going on, or do you have this, this, and that? you some kind of psychic or something? No, actually, um, the, whole, the Lord told me this. The Lord, who's the Lord? <laughs> and so when you think about it, you have the mind of Christ. So why wouldn't the mind of Christ tell your mind Right, if, if he's in you, right, the same spirit, Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, so you're an emissary. The problem with us is we don't believe it or somehow we block that we can't be in connection with the Lord to know things. That's a lie. So once we understand that, it's like, okay, so once I 
you know, I went from being this nuclear engineer, if you didn't measure it, smell it, taste it, it didn't happen, to how do I reconcile what I just saw? <laughs> and I, I guess you're real. And then I, when I started to surrender more and more, it's like, whoa, now. Um, words of knowledge, let's look at the page, top of page 8-1, what is a word of knowledge? Well, it's, inform- it's, it's knowledge that is known, but you don't know it, and the person possibly that you're talking knows you don't know it, how could you know it? Because God told me. And he told me because he's got a purpose, you're in his crosshairs and he wants to love on you. Remember, what's the purpose of all ministry? Love. It's not getting the scalp and how many salvations did we get and how many joints were, no. If you, even if none of that happens, if the person feels love, you've accomplished what he wanted because some are gonna plant seeds, some are gonna water, and some are gonna harvest. So, so this idea that we can't know these things, I don't know where that goes through in all this religiosity. It's not biblical. You are connected. If you lack wisdom, ask God. Right, James 1.5. So Lord, I don't know what you know, but you know something about that. Would you please tell me what I need to know right now? And then you may get a picture. You may feel something. You may see something. Let me give you one that happened just a few weeks ago. Um, A woman who had been, I told you I don't regularly cry in prayer ministries, but I cried in this one. This woman had been trafficked. It was really, really a, a horrible situation. And um, she'd come through the ministry that we support in, in, in town here. And um, so I didn't know anything. I wasn't even sure of her name. Um, but I'd been asked to come. And uh, actually, Jennifer Batson, I, we called her. I said, Jennifer, you, I, need, I need support on this. The ministry lead's going to be there. But I want a second woman present because I don't know what we're walking into here. And so... So in the morning I get up and I'm praying. I said, Lord, I think the woman's name is this, but I don't really know, but you do. Can you share with me something that I need to know about this ministry right now? And this is about nine blocks. I, 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 you know, it's kind of engineerish, but I got nine blocks of seasons of this person's life, starting from early childhood to where she was now and then also where she was gonna be. And it was... There was some ugly, it started one, but it got really, really ugly in the middle. So I wrote the blocks down. I said, gee, Lord, whew, yipes. Um, I'm not gonna share that, but I took the piece of paper and I put it in my Bible, and I went out to make my shake, and all of a sudden, it could have been audible. That's how strong it was in my spirit. And I heard, streetcar named desire, streetcar named desire. And my wife was, I said, honey, what's the streetcar named desire? She says, that's like a movie or a play or something. And she goes, so I got on Google, uh, Siri. I said, hey, Siri, don't answer me now. <laughs> anyway, she, she will. She's crazy. But anyway, so, and it came up and it popped up. It was a Marlon Brando, 1951. So I go on Google and I pull it up and I start reading about this woman who's been prostituted, broken by men, and, and Southern Belle, and I'm like, there's so much correlation between that and the block diagram. I know it's the Lord. So I write some notes on that, and I take this, I put it in my, and you can ask Jennifer. If she was here, I'd have her come. Jennifer comes early to the meeting. I said, Jennifer, I had a weird experience. When I, I don't even know the woman's name, but I want you to see this block diagram. I'm not pulling this out unless it fits when we start ministry. It was her story. 
And I don't know, about three hours into a six-hour session, I, I, it just, it just start, when she started to lay out the block diagrams of her life and where she was in the brokenness. And I said, God knows who you are. I want you to, t- I want you to see what he told me about you. And she started reading it. And the alligator tears, she had one of my green pillows there, the alligator tears that started to flow, God told you this about me. I said, yeah, he knows everything about you. I want you to look at the end of this story. I'm telling you, it was like, I'm, you know. So what's the purpose of it? God wants to release power in revelation if we'll ask him. And so words of knowledge, let's not complicate this. You have the mind of Christ. So then now it's cultivating, how does God talk to me? You know, I've shared with you, my, my wife can give me one look and she didn't have to say anything, I got it, right? We need to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so when you look at the, what's in the model here in eight, one through several pages here, let's take a look at them. So what is a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is something supernatural. Top of that page, 8.1. It's supernatural revelation of information from the Holy Spirit. Paul received many of those revelations. There's just a quote here from 1 Corinthians 2.12.13. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak now in words which man's not in words in which man's wisdom teaches, but by which the Holy Spirit teaches. So if you look at, turn, they'll, they'll kind of give ways of seeing this. Look at page 8384. And this is where we encourage you. We go on first mission trips. Randy's really good at this. It's like, ask the Holy Spirit, you're getting a word. And it can be really subtle. It's like, um, you may feel a pain in your body that like, I've not had that pain before. Um, maybe that's for somebody. You may see something. Oftentimes, I will see either a body part or I'll see, um, I remember praying for someone recently in a tent. I think Miss Addie was helping me. She'd gotten baptized. She's from another city. And the team from Saturate said, she needs some more healing deliverance. Would you pray for her? And um, so she came and she said, I've got all this, I get all this pressure in my head. Remember this, Miss Addie? Got all this pressure in my head. And so we started interviewing. I said, um, and there were issues with, and the Lord gave me a picture of addiction and brokenness. And turns out her, her father had died really close to him. Mother was in addiction, blazing addiction, and her brother was also there. And she had tremendous fear. And so I saw the broken heart. I saw the, the heavy weight of it all. And I, I didn't know much about it. I said, is there any family issues with, what's going on with your, your mom and dad? And start to unpack that. And then she started to cry. And that's where we shifted then into emotional healing that God's gonna say, let's not be afraid and fearful for your brother. But he's almost died in overdoses. I said, let's pray now and intercede for your brother to be set free. And so, again, the Holy Spirit, just be sensitive. You may see it, you may feel it, you may read it. Sometimes you might even see words being written over someone's head or just an impression. Often happens with me on Sunday morning. Remember Sunday morning, I'm, we're in worship, and uh, Amy and them were singing, and I saw this funnel with a valve on it that the Holy Spirit wanted to open up the valve, but the world, there's another valve here, that the world is draining us out. 
and we need a refill. And so I just said, you know, I'm just gonna go with that. If you're here and you need a refill, and a lot of people came up and got refilled. And so let's, let, what, it doesn't have to be spooky. Just go with it. Ask the whole, Lord, I wanna, I wanna have words of knowledge. Show me how to do that. Show me. And then as you're praying for people or you're ministering on the street, like what Jennifer did at the beach, <clears throat> she just went with it. Had an impression from the Lord, started sharing, and it opens up what God wants to do. So I want us to in, be encouraged here you may have a dream or a vision. It was really awesome this morning in intercessory prayer. Man, I love intercessory prayer. If you're ever free from 9 to 10.30, I just encourage you to come. Well, Pastor Willie, it starts out with, I had a dream. I was talking to a tree. I thought maybe he needs deliverance, but, you know. <laughs> Nilsa said, no, no, it was a dream. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. And it was an amazing um, information for us. Uh, part of it was he asked the tree, Aren't you bored being here all the time? No, God put me here. Um, well, isn't it hard? I don't remember all. Isn't it hard when, the, like, the wind blows? He goes, no, God protects me. Well, what about when the storms come? No, God's protecting me. It was an, a conversation of basically the takeaway was God puts you there, bloom where you're planted, encouraging you, don't be discouraged God's in this thing. And so the whole thing, the theme this morning was Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22, the river God's flowing. It's, and then Jody, where's your hat, Jody? You got it on still? Yeah, awesome. And then it, it lit, lit up this hat, the river people. We're river people, right? We are river people. And so God's, I love how God does a whole theme about when we start praying. and Because it, it was really heavy this morning with the whole shooting in Texas, and we just were interceding, and man, my heart was just broken for these families. So, okay, so take a look at, in words of knowledge, you ask the Lord, ask him for it. Lord, I want words of knowledge. I want revelation knowledge. So when I start to pray for someone, and if you get it wrong, that's okay. I, don't say, the Lord told me. Yeah, well, he didn't tell me, and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so it can be, you know, I had this impression, or I felt like, or I had a sense that, and kind of just let, follow the breadcrumbs. Just follow where it goes. And if you get it wrong, well, that's hmm, okay. And so if you've been here on God Nights when uh, Travis Newton, Pastor Travis, and uh, Jonathan Blanchard, they're kind of like, and sometimes, man, it's like, whoa, so, and then there's other times, hmm. But I've been in meetings where a, a word will go out and no one will respond. Even a word of knowledge for healing, no one will respond. At the end of the meeting, they'll come up and say, that was me. I said, well, it would have been nice. You would have had faith in the room if you came before, and you know. But, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Again, not very pastoral, but it's, uh, it's true. <laughs> yes, yeah. So last week, um, I wasn't here th Sunday morning. I had to leave early, but this was really cool. So last week on evangelism, um, I'm just going to be honest. The place that the Lord wanted me to go, of course, I did not want to go because let's just be real. I really wanted to go down to Carolina Beach because it's been about nine months since I've had a Brit's donut, and I really wanted to go to the boardwalk, <laughs> but the Lord wouldn't let me. So we end up going downtown, and... Um, I was like, Lord, like I've been downtown and done evangelism so much, like please let me go somewhere else. 
And he was like, no, you're going downtown. Like, the place that you don't want to go, you're going. And I was like, all right, like, let's go. Let's, you know, so we get in the van with Pastor Terry. And as we are on the way downtown, I start praying. And I'm like, Lord, like, show me who you have for me. Because it's very clear. You don't want me going to the beach to get a donut. You want me downtown. Um, So anyways, that's a me problem, not a God problem. Um, And... As we're driving downtown, I actually still have the note in my phone with the date and the timestamp, but I see a white hat, I see a Hawaiian shirt, and then I see like the sandals, kind of like what he's wearing, but they're like the kid version of them. Um, And I was like, okay, like, is this all going to be on one person? Because that would be like really interesting. Or is this going to be on multiple different people? And we found all of them except for the exact picture of the sandals that I got. But the lady that we ended up ministering to at the very end, I looked down and she had white sandals on. They didn't look exactly the same, but they looked pretty similar. And she's like, well, I'm a Catholic. And she was walking her two dogs. And she said, but I know the Lord and I know that he loves me. And I was like, he sure does. And I was like, do you mind if I just pray with you? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And we start praying, and as I'm praying, the Lord shares with me that she had a compassion issue with her earthly father. And I was like, hey, so I feel like the Lord just showed me that you have a com- you've had a compassion and a relationship issue with your earthly father. And she said, yeah, I always desired for him to show more affection towards me, and he never did. And so I was able to, like, minister to her and tell her that just because her earthly father didn't show her the affection that she wanted, that the earth, like the heavenly father could replace all of that and restore all of that through his love. So I ended up getting to pray over her, but that's like, the Lord told me downtown, he clearly didn't want me at Carolina Beach. And the Lord shared with me those three things. And as soon as we get out of the van, we run into this family with the the little boys wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And I was just like, okay, God, like, I guess I'm here because you told me to. (laughs) But anyway, so that's like the words of knowledge. Yeah. And I would encourage you, when we call it treasure hunts, so what you're doing is you ask the Holy Spirit in advance, where do I go? So you were having the the Brits anointing. I get that one. But but you, you went against the flesh and said, I'll follow you, Lord, where you want me to go. But in that treasure hunt, when you ask the Lord, I encourage people, always write it down. Because later, if you go down and you find the person with all the things that you've asked, look at this. We were looking for the ball cap with these, these shoes. And I was that. able to show it to them, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, wow. So it, these are the words of knowledge, and the Lord has a purpose. And what you've done is I've just set aside my night or my time, and I'm available for you to do whatever you want to do. So show me what you want me to do. So when you look at words of knowledge for evangelism, that page 8.5, in the bottom there, A, words of knowledge as an aid to evangelism, which is kind of what we're talking about. 8-5-A, many people are accustomed to the idea of prayer for healing in the sense that folks in church or in a prayer group will pray for healing for someone who's sick in the hospital at home. There's often no explanation of prayer in the presence of the sick person or the immediate healing of a sick person. Usually, the most that is expected is that the sick person will recover and, and be shortened a bit. 
Even if the recovery is shortened somewhat, this type of experience is not especially impressive to unbelievers. Healing on the spot in the name of Jesus, however, can considerably bring more impact. So it's an effective aid, that's the power of evangelism peace. And so when that happens, you wanna, when, if you pray for someone and they share with you that they're not born again or they're not sure, this is where you open up and you go right into the model for healing. All right, um, let's, let's quickly touch on, if you look at the obstacles to healing, turn, I just wanna turn, what we got here, we got a few minutes. Um, module 10, 10-1, page 10-1 gives a list of some of the things that you may run into, and actually, it's both for healing and deliverance. If you're praying for someone and nothing's really happening, part of the, you can go back into the interview process and ask some, some particular questions. Um, we're praying for you. Would there be any case where you might have some unforgiveness in your heart? Uh, yeah. Would you like to share what that might be? So that might take you down a path for healing for emotions, might be a path back into, would you like to repent for your anger, rage, and bitterness? Um, it might open up, again, depending on where you're at. Um, Jesus said you must forgive. Oh, well, you don't know what they did. I know. So there's, again, in the things that can cause blank, a blocking to that is unforgiveness. It's probably the biggest one. Unforgiveness can be such a block. And once, we've had several examples where people, once they release the unforgiveness, and they don't have to want to, they just will to. So if you will forgive, and you give, I, I often say, remember Jesus modeled this. He's within a short period of time of dying on the cross, beaten to within unrecognizable features. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So I recognize that there's some things that are so hurtful and so uh, betraying that it's very difficult, but if you'll will to, God will do something with this. And you can just, even if they say no, you can plant the seed. And I think I shared with you a while back, one of the, we had just gotten back from a mission trip and there was one of the women in our congregation heard all the miracles that were happening, so she set up an appointment. She had real arthritic conditions in her hands. And... Um, she set up and came to my office after, Pastor, I've got, I'm hearing all these miracles and everything's going, I want you to pray for my condition. Well, one of the symptoms, if you read the model, arthritis is generally bitterness and unforgiveness. It's one of the manifestations that can manifest in the natural that we see that's a spirit attached to it, right? So, so I said, is there any unforgiveness that you might have in your heart? She goes, I've forgiven everybody but one. I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> she goes, my son was murdered, and the guy's on death row, and I will never forgive him. I said, okay, so I did, as I did a lot of pastoral stuff, trying to maneuver this to, well, you know, you got to, and you, you don't have to want to, and she goes, I don't care, I'm not doing it. I said, well, I can't pray for you. I'm not powerful enough, right, because uh, you have to pray for me, you're my pastor. I said, well, I... I really think you have to forgive. <clears throat> she goes, well, I want prayer. All right, I'll do it. I said, well, it doesn't sound too heartfelt, <laughs> but that's a will. So I saw a letter. I said, let's pray. And then she started to bawl her eyes out. I don't have any grandchildren. And, like, and now I'm like, <laughs> I'm like brokenhearted with her. 
And she really released that. There was such a, and you can imagine. And then as I started to pray for her, things opened up. And I thought it was Terry, but I can't, Pastor Terry, she was a member, she ended up moving away, but I remember um, a few weeks, six weeks later, she came to, at the church, in church on Sunday morning, she goes, I gotta have that Roto-Rooter job to remove polyps in my nose. Uh, that, the whole thing sounds awful. <laughs> Take a drill and like, <laughs> So she came for prayer, and I, it was one of our ministry team, I don't remember who it was, but at the end of it, the polyps were all gone. And so, again, this is that place where when you're looking at the list, what can hinder? Resentment, anger, bitterness, a curse. There's lots of examples about curses, those that are known or not known. And we, we deal with the generational issues out of Exodus 20, Exodus 34. Um, Freemasonry, that's part of the curse or the false beliefs. Fear. Recently, Miss Addie and I dealt with someone in a tremendous amount of fear. Just really debilitating fear, right? And so these are things you could ask them when you're praying and just, is there anything in your life? And so if, that, if the Lord gives you information on that, then you can certainly pray into it. They share with you, um, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm living with my boyfriend or girlfriend and... Uh, yeah, I said, well, okay, that's, that's an open door. You mean you want me to move out? <laughs> right, uh, well, um, do you want to please God? Or, you know, what, what do you want to do here? So sin in a person's life can block it. And it's not, I remember this couple had come, this awesome story, they wouldn't mind me telling it. They came from Alaska, and it's not, it's not Daniel and Alicia. Um, but they had come from Alaska during the, they come during the wintertime, and they were here, and, uh, I think Terry might have shared this one recently, but they, they came to the front, and I had the first time in the church, and they came and they said, would you pray for our finances? Um, we're, we're not doing well financially. And I said, okay, well, you guys are married? No. I said, so you're living together? Yes. Uh, and you want me to pray for blessing for the Lord? Yes. I said, well, um, I really need to encourage you to either get married or move out, one or the other. Um, I'd be glad to disciple, give you some stuff on that, but I can't really ask the Lord to bless you when you're living in this, in this kind of a pattern. Now, they didn't get offended and walk out. I mean, they could have, but I was trying to be real gentle. I ended up, they went back to Alaska during the wintertime, and I'm, I gave them, I can't tell you how many... Heidi Baker tapes, and I mean, they, they spent the winter listening to all this stuff. And I didn't see them until the next season. And they walked up, and, I said, and they said, do you remember us? I said, Alaska, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, he left her to reconcile with his ex-wife in, in Florida. And she rejected him. She, he got divorced came to me and said, would you marry us? We realize now, we're not, we're not living together, we're in that place, well, we took your message to heart. And man, the, they, Eagle, Alaska, and I've had inf, you know, contacts from them. So this is that place where sometimes the message, you wanna remember, it's love, right? But sometimes telling the truth is love, but it, it's not that you love to tell the truth, you tell the truth in love, right? So, so there's that, so you, we, we gotta have, um, the heart of the Lord on this.
but sometimes we think, well, I just don't want to offend him. Jesus did a lot of offending. I'd realize I'm not Jesus, but um, tell the truth, but do it as lovingly as you can and, and bring them to Scripture. Because, anyway, so, so take a look at that list and kind of think through what could be blocking what's really going on. And then you'll see there's lots of examples here of unforgiveness, a lack of inner healing. Um, if there's wrong beliefs, and page 10.3 talks about the, uh, the, the, what people believe, right? Proverbs 23.7 says, as a person believes in their heart, so it is, even if it's not true. It may have been true, but it's not truth. And so, so we're, we're really, this is so much fun when you start becoming comfortable, get a little more bolder, and now you're standing with this opportunity to release the love of God and see what kind of miraculous thing he's going to do. We realize, I'm an instrument for this. This is like, that's why I get so excited on Friday nights. It's like, we're on the mission field every Friday night. This is awesome. I mean, and then think about little 13-year-old Hannah, right? Mentoring, and then she comes up, prays over all our kids on Sunday morning. That was a word of knowledge I got Saturday afternoon driving to my farm. I said, Lord, is there anything you want to do Sunday in particular? I got the sermon, you know, the church being made ready, and I got this download. It says, yeah, ask Rebecca, Becky, to go ahead and give a testimony about the beach. I heard something about that. And then why don't you ask Hannah and her mother, Megan Wicker, to come and pray over our children? That was a word of knowledge. And so I, I happened to have, I sent her the picture of the video. I sent her mom the video of her getting baptized. This thirteen. When you see that, it's like, there's an anointing. Look at that, the fluttering eyeballs. And like, yay, there's a 13-year-old girl on fire for God. She gets up and says, fear's gone, fear's gone. And like, I could be a missionary anywhere. I'm like, whoa. So she says, within a few minutes, yes, we'll come. And then all of our kids sitting up here hearing from a 13-year-old about what God can do. Come on. That was a word of knowledge that, but you have to ask. What do you want to do, Lord? (laughs) So, and it's so much fun when you just kind of like, you don't have to have it all figured out, and you don't have to be perfect in it. You just got to have a heart for it. Amen? Question. Back on forgiveness, I think a lot of people think that when you forgive somebody, you got to go back into a relationship with them. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Um, So the the thought was, okay, if I've forgiven the person, do I now have to be in relationship with them? Not, Not necessarily. Now, there was a prophetic word given by... Uh, Becca Greenwood, when I was in, in Charlotte about, what, six, eight weeks ago, that there were going to be people that have left you in the church before. They're going to come back and they're going to repent. They're going to be, be part. I've had, I think, four or five of those happen. I had one Friday night as well. People who came back said, I want to ask your forgiveness. I've slandered you. I've challenged you. And I was wrong. The Lord's convicted me. And I'm like, wow, that's being unpacked. So, the, the, the question about do I have to make amends? Matthew 18 says if you have an offense against someone, go to them privately, right? And deal with that offense. But if someone, the challenge really is when there's ongoing hurt and wounds, especially an abusive relationship, we never tell anyone, if you're in an unsafe, abusive condition, get out. You're not, you don't need to, yeah. You don't stay under that condition and there's children involved and you know, all that. 
And if the Lord tells you, what do I do? Sometimes we'll have, there's people I remember hurting years ago, and I don't even know where they are, and we're in prayer ministry. You don't have to look them up. You just have to have released it. And Lord, I'm sorry, and I bless them, what they're doing. But if the Lord tells you, go and humble yourself and do it, then I would say yes. So it depends. What is the Lord telling you? What about making amends? You know, when I was a kid, I stole this thing from the candy store. They're not even in business anymore. Should I go? What? No. Um, but, you know, if there is a reconciling, again, what does the Holy Spirit want you to do? This is the obedience factor. That humility, it's like, when you go and eat crow, you know, it's like, I messed this up. Would you forgive me? It's amazing what God can do with that, right? So, does that answer your question? Yeah, okay. Well, let's stand. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, good. Other questions? I just kind of want to add to that because I was thinking something about Megan, um, something she said last week about the guy that you were praying with and somebody had died, right? And he was talking about forgiving him. Right. Yeah. So for me, what I, I just kind of wanted to, had something to do with that, that um, it's, and you've probably seen little pictures that say that like forgiveness is like letting someone, you think you're letting someone else out of prison, but really you're, you're really letting, letting yourself, yourself out. Because yeah. that really is what it is. And yeah. it doesn't mean that yeah. what that person did is okay. Yeah. And you don't have to go, oh, by the way, I forgave you. Because I remember when I was younger and living in like a, in the mess that, you know, told you about. And my mom kept telling me I needed to forgive somebody. I said, but she's not sorry. She's not sorry. She's not sorry. I didn't get it. it, And it was probably a demon that didn't want me to get it. Because I was like, how can I forgive somebody who's not sorry? And so it's got nothing to do with that. And it doesn't mean that you have to, like. Yeah, the forgiveness is on your end. Yeah, you have to give it to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You just have to give it to him. And don't carry it anymore. Yeah. And and then you're free. So. Was there another? Oh, here's. Okay, if someone close to my age calls and said, will you pray for my son? He has bipolar issues, and he's got a urinary tract infection now, and he's hallucinating, blah, blah, blah. And you know that you've already talked to him before very, very, very lovingly, but honestly, years ago about she needs to come out of, you know, living in sin and with sexual relationship with this man. Is she, is she, even though he's an adult, he's probably 40 years old, she's, say, 65, is she an open door for him at that age? Well, is let's put it this way. The, we know that the sins, Exodus 20 and Exodus 34 says the sins of the father can affect, some translations say affect the family to the third and fourth, or visit the family. So what you're saying is I've got an adult parent and I've got an adult child. We don't, and he's dealing with bipolar stuff, right? And the mom's saying, would you please, and and you see her, the sin doors open in her life and you've witnessed to her before. I believe you can still pray and intercede for her son, but you did, right, and yet, The likelihood, remember, when we reach the age of reason, in the Hebrew culture, that's 13-ish, right? They become members of the the church, big bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, right? So at that point, they're considered an adult, 
in the, in the, so that's that transitional place where they're not fully developed. They're still living in the house. We even had the parents sign when they're under age 18 to come to prayer ministry because you're still legally under that bind. But they're really a free moral agent of their own at that point. Now, there can be effect from the generational stuff. The sins of the father can visit. The, parent, the parental stuff can happen. So that line of immorality and brokenness, we don't know what the enemy was given authority to do to this child who's now an adult. But there could be a generational pattern here. So her getting set free, I know this is a long answer, her getting set free does unauthorize the enemy's destruction against family, especially future generations, third and fourth, right? So I always get excited when a, a woman of man and peace comes and says, I'm repenting for all of the ungodliness of my family generations before us, and now I declare before our witnesses that our family line, my children's children, children, will not be the recipients of this brokenness that's been in our family line. Because the blood of Jesus, and now I am a recipient of the Abrahamic covenant, all the blessings of the Father. And we have them actually say that out loud. And so, yes, maybe, uh, I guess is the, and so you wanted to deliver the truth, and you probably want to intercede because this woman's obviously broken and in, in turmoil. Awesome. So next week, we're going we're gonna to come and we're going we're gonna to look at the prophetic. So if you would read ahead, first do the modules we talked about, 9 and 10, some of the hindrances to healing. And then we're going to look at, we're going to skip the curses and the deliverance stuff because we're going to take probably three or four weeks to dig into that. We're going to tell some stories that will like, whoa, okay? And I may, for the brave at heart, I may, well, I'll just leave it there. All right. Uh, I got to pray about that one before I say I'm going to do that. Um, so, but I want you to look at the prophetic module. And if you look at page, well, where are we? There we go. Module 13, guidelines, guidelines for prophecy. Somebody give me a scripture that says all people can prophesy. Remember Acts chapter 2? Remember Paul says the prophecy from the book of Joel? Joel the prophet prophesied that in the last days all flesh would prophesy. Your daughters sing. Yeah. So that you're, that's Revelation 19.10, Katie. That's good. But So I want you, you, you're all flesh, right? Well, you're spiritual. But anyway, you're supposed to be prophesying. That's what I'm trying to get to. So... When you look at this module, and if you've never given a prophetic word, this is gonna be exciting, okay? You're gonna start to have visions and dreams. That, it's that picture Pastor Willie had of the tree. That's a prophetic revelation that carries a message from God for him and for the church. It shared it this morning, encourages us all. So I want you to look at this module, look at the protocols. There are different ministries do it different ways. You'll notice when we flow, you guys okay, just one more minute. When we flow, if someone gets a, a revelation from the Lord, they'll come up to whoever's facilitating service and say, Pastor, or, I, I've got this going on. And I love that because so many times there's been two or three of those and you start to get a theme. Like this morning in, in intercessory prayer, the theme of the river started to evolve. The Lord wanted to tell us the river of God is getting deeper. In Ezekiel 47, he's inviting you to come out deeper. 
come out deeper. And then the river lady wears her hat, right? And like, and then Tony had a, sat down and the Lord gave her Revelation 22, which is the river of God. And it's like, oh, we're talking about rivers today. And so, oh, the Lord is. So these prophetic revelations are information for us that are the breadcrumbs that are gonna lead you because you're gonna get ministry information that's gonna send you. That's why some of you are even here. So it's really exciting. And, and if we're all gonna prophesy, let's learn how to do that and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. So look at module 13, uh, the protocols for that, and then we'll dig into that. Let's stand and be released. God, I thank you. I'm so uh, thankful that you all are, are spending the time going deeper with the Lord. There's, there's such a, um, an encouragement that the Holy Spirit wants to release that we're seeing fruit. We're seeing fruit that, that you are being utilized as instruments of the Spirit of God. So this week, I pray for dreams and revelations. Now, I realize some of you are battling. You're standing against Roe v. Wade and you're getting all sorts of things flung at you, accusations and things that are happening. I realize I cut you free from all the stuff that the enemy, there is an increase of activity because we are into the realm. I was talking to Parker and we've entered into a realm. The portal is open and the enemy is frightened. He's frightened. And so don't let the enemy intimidate any, any places where the Holy Spirit's telling you to to straighten up, <laughs> don't gossip, don't slander, don't be judgmental, don't be critical. Any places that there might be a door cracked, you, you deal with that, take care of that place because the Lord wants to use us in a powerful way and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless y'all. Thank you for being here.